Hi, I'm Patrick. Hi, I'm Emma. And we're like heaps cultured and love to watch movies. But we haven't seen the ones we should have. So we've parked ourselves on this double bed. And we're going to fill in the blanks by watching movies two at a time. And then we're going to have a chat about it for your benefit on this little podcast that we've called... Double Bed? Double Bill. What did you do this week? that you haven't done in 14 years. Me? Yes. I... No, no, the person behind you. Oh, you know, just just being polite, Emma. <laughs> uh, I drove a car. How weird's that? Yeah, for the first time in uh, 14 years, I sat behind a steering wheel and did the things. I was really proud of you. You did a really good job. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, I kind of, well, I mean, I'm straight up, I was like, well, I, mean, I should say that you were in the car with me. You instructed me. I was the instructor. Me. You didn't just take the car and drive off. <laughs> uh, you, you being seven years my junior, instructing me. I was really proud of you. I really didn't know what to expect. Yeah. You've, n- I have obviously never known you to drive. You've always been, the one thing mum asked me was, is he, is he like aware when you're driving around? And like, as in when you're a passenger, are you aware? And I'm like, yeah, he really is. He, like, you do the blind spot check with me. You, you look before we yeah. drive. Yeah. So I, I knew you'd I'm, be all right. I'm a bit of a backseat driver. No, a backseat driver is annoying. You're not annoying. Okay. Sometimes I do tell you, shut up. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. Often I just find myself giving you directions to like my house, even though I know you know where I live. Just because, I don't know, I'll just switch off. Yeah. But it's also that thing of like, I, I... You just drive and you don't even know where you're driving anymore. It still comes so natural. Yeah. And you haven't quite had that experience yet. Yeah. You were good with the steering wheel in the end. That was really good. I was very proud of you. I really Yeah, I, like, like I'd, done, I'd done 70 hours. Or probably not that many. Maybe like 40 or 50. Yeah, but doing that 14 years ago means nothing. I know, but it was and in there somewhere. And then doing it again. Of course, classic Patrick. I was like, I wonder if he's going to have a funny little like idiosyncratic Patrick thing. And you did. You couldn't drive when people were in the car park, not even watching you. It was my first time. I have, I didn't want like a little audience. It was just a little old man in the car reading his book and you couldn't deal with it. He wasn't even uh, watching you though. No, but he knew. He knew. You actually oh. more comfortable once people were watching you and acknowledging you. You were like, okay, yes, you see me. You see I'm an L player. Thank you. Yes, I suppose everyone's going to start somewhere. Don't they? I'm like, oh, look oh here my is God. The whole team. <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone went to their car in the car park? Like a whole soccer team would just finish practice and appear around the corner. I'd be like, yeah. okay, yep, no, I see them. I see them. I'm yeah. slowing down. You uh, were fine when you saw them and they saw you, but someone unexpectedly in their car reading a book, you felt really hard done by. <laughs> that was very good. I was really proud of you. I the, can't wait for lesson number two next week. Well, they're going to go home and tell their partner, oh, this idiot in the car park with his L's on going in circles. And and what did you say? He was being taught by a baby. You were like, look at the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> look at the chicken in the passenger seat instructing him. Seven years his junior. <laughs> so this is our first episode talking Woo-hoo! about movies. We've made it. Yay! Same pitch. That was really strange. <laughs> um, so the two movies that we have picked to start with are The Shape of Water and... Moonlight! Hooray! Yay! Two very recent winners of the Best Picture Award. At the Oscars. At the Oscars. And uh, for some reason, we've missed both of them. Even though we're like really avid moviegoers. And as you've said in um, our introduction episode last week, Oscars are your life, blood. Oscars are my church. So it's really strange that... And like often we like really try hard to see as many as we can. And I think that is...
is still the case. I think we we do try really hard to see as many as we can, but then both of these movies, I think they just fell under the radar a little bit for me. Yeah. I think out of especially the contenders that they were up against, they definitely appealed to me more as far as, you know, story goes, who's directing them, that kind of stuff. So I think that's the reason why I didn't see it. I also realise The Shape mm. of Water, especially more, more than Moonlight, The Shape of Water is the trailer and the, the vibes it was putting out there is not what the movie, the movie was. was. Yeah, right. So I feel like I was a little bit misled there as oh. to what I thought it was going to be. In a, Okay, so yeah, okay. Well, well, Not in a good way or a bad way, just I feel like I, I, I saw the trailer and was like, no, I don't think that's for me. Yeah, fair. So I, yeah. Oh, well, we'll find out if it is for you very soon. Why did you miss them? Um, I just think it is the very lame excuse that the two years they were on, was I so was so busy on. being a little freelance theatre person. Oh, I thought you were going to say the same as me. There was just so much more else. Oh, no, just that I didn't didn't quite get to the cinema. I mean, I never really do get to the movies as much as I want to. And then it's that thing of like, oh, I've missed it. I'll just wait till it's out on DVD. Or, yeah. And like, like both I own on DVD. Yeah. I bought them being like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, before they'd won the awards or anything, being like, I know I need to watch them. Yeah. I own them on DVD, but I still have not watched them. Yeah, sure. Chronic. I feel like I also, it's that thing if I get stuck in that pattern of me being like, I've seen this movie. Like when I saw, so the year of the shape of water, when mm. I was seeing movies like three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, I was yes. like, yep, this is my jam. This See, is it. I missed that at the cinema. Yes, you did. Yeah. I saw it without you. Yeah. But you pushed me enough yes. to... Oh, maybe I did see it at the movies. No, I pushed you to go see it and you saw it without me. That's in right, I went by myself. Yeah, in the end. You were yeah, like, I'm good. just going to see it before yeah. the Oscars. Martin McDonough, I'm going to go. Oh, I love you. Do you know he's dating Phoebe Waller-Bridge? <gasps> I love that. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Can you imagine them at dinner? How fucking weird How would that be? How insufferable would they be? Oh, they'd be so annoying. But in the best way. So highly oh. intelligent and like completely brilliant. How yeah. annoying. Oh, imagine them at a dinner party, like a couple. Oh. Shut up. Individually amazing together, I'd be like, gosh, go away. Oh, talk about a double bill. <laughs> Two of them. So it is worth mentioning at this point that uh, we will be discussing these two movies at length. And of course, there will be spoilers. So this consider this your spoiler alert. So we're going to get started with the first movie. And the first movie we're going to talk about is The Shape of Water. So The Shape of Water is a Guillermo del Toro classic, 2016. He wrote and directed this film. It stars Sally Hawkins, Michael Shannon, Richard Jenkins, my boo, and Octavia Spencer, and Doug Jones, who plays the funny character that we'll get to. I don't even know what to call him. Well, what is he credited as? You look He's up. credited as Amphibian Man. There you go, Amphibian Man. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, more about Doug Jones later, but he's he's pretty of a legend in the film industry for playing <laughs> I don't believe what to say in the fish industry, the fish industry. <laughs> <laughs> for playing um, you know tall lanky characters yeah. in masks and spooky dangly characters yeah. what a funny little niche he's tapped into oh, yeah. imagine him going to drama school and be like I really want to play a fish yeah <laughs> <laughs> dead or being like I can't wait to play Stanley Kowalski and the teacher being like Actually, I see you more as like an amphibian man. You are otherworldly, Doug. Maybe, <laughs> Doug! Maybe some sort of like earthworm terrifying character who has eyeballs in his hands. Dead. Like, 
That's really funny. Yeah. Who's acting teacher's like, mm, it's not for you. I don't see that for you. I don't see that I for don't you. see that for me. That's funny. So we both haven't seen this film. Yeah, no, neither of us have seen this one. interesting. There aren't many in the repertoire land that both of us haven't seen. Oh, I think there's actually quite a number. You'll find enough to... Enough to make a podcast Enough to make a podcast that will hopefully run for many yeah, years sure. and earn us lots of money. What did you already know about this film before you watched it? Um, so I knew it was kind of a sort of romance between a woman and a fish of sorts. I knew it was Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Uh, I knew it won the Oscar. Yeah. And that there was just generally that a lot of... There was a kind of a very big divide in the kind of appreciation of it. Okay, I didn't even know Mixed that much. Mixed reviews. Like, a lot of people loved it, a lot of people didn't. I didn't know that much. I knew it was Guillermo del Toro. I knew that he got the best director and the best... It won Best Picture. And I knew that it looked like a romance between a woman and a thing. I didn't even know as much as that it was a fish. No, evidently man. not, because you asked me the other day. No, you said... <laughs> I said, I came to your house the other day and just walked in. And it was the first thing, like, one of the first yeah. things I said to you when I walked in. Yeah. I was like, um, did you know that he was a fish? I thought he was an alien. <laughs> and I think yeah. I thought he was an alien because I, in my head, associate, like, government facilities with... Yeah. NASA and yeah, Area Fifty One. Area Fifty One, that kind yep, of stuff. Yep, yep, yep. I don't I don't think that there are secret government facilities for fucking mermen, like you know? But if there are, sign me up. If there are, that's cool. Yeah. How cool I've never it? thought of like an aquatic you know, I just I don't know why. He was in water. Yeah. He has gills. Yeah. But for some reason I didn't picture him as being an underwater creature. I thought of okay. him as an alien. I yeah, I just think it's a that's a. I big mean, look, you think spot. of how they like, kind of store aliens in the movies, like in Independence Day and stuff. They have them kind of in bubbles of yeah. liquid suspended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear it. I don't know, but then again, I watched the movie. I watched them go back into the water at the end. <laughs> so I don't know why it didn't dawn on me. Yeah, right. It was really oh, weird. Goodness. Um, but I knew basically what you knew, just a little bit less, I think. Yeah. So, um, Emma, what's this movie about? Tell us a little. Okay, summary. in a nutshell, Sally Hawkins, Eliza, is mute. Eliza with an S, which is good. Eliza with an S, I hate it. I, every time I read S it... S goes z, not s. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> reading her name. Eliza with an S is mute. She lives above a cinema, next door to her best friend, Richard Jenkins, who is a closeted gay. She... Gay. Okay. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I'm trying to say yeah. it so succinctly. She loves the water. Yes. She really loves it. She, like, has a good fucking go in it every morning. She loves the water. She is a cleaner. Her best friend is Octavia Spencer, and they clean together at a secret government facility. She discovers at the facility that they're holding some sort of creature there. She falls in love with the creature. She makes it her mission to set the creature free. She sets the creature free, but then is like, no, 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 I just want to have some time with him at home first. Brings him home. They have a, you know, week of sin. He heals... Richard Jenkins' head and he grows hair back and then they set him free in the water and she goes with him and you then realise she's a fish as well. Oh god, there's well there it is. There's the there's the <laughs> twist. I wish I was kidding. That is the synopsis. Well, I mean you did miss a few things. What did I miss? The entire subplot of the Russians. That's not important. I know it definitely is, because okay. the context of the film is the Cold War, and that's kind of Guillermo Dora's whole thing. Whole you know, thing, yeah. Putting magical circumstances into real-world conflict. <gasps> magical circumstances. I'm using air quotes there. Yeah, it's well, better the... than the stunned look you had on your face while you recounted that <laughs> plot to me. <laughs> um, you missed that. You missed the crucial fact that they work night shifts. 
Why is that important? No, it's not. I just thought, it, you know, that was a detail I thought that you missed. Um, it's the worst government facility I've ever seen. Oh, we'll get to that. It's not. It's not. It's not up to scratch. Not up to code. Not up to code at all. They are, these cleaners just have free reign to walk wherever yeah. they want. Nothing is kept. But on you the have also missed that um, the guy running the place who brought in the fish is yeah. the antagonist and shoots Eliza dead at the yes. end, and then she's healed. Shoots the merm, the fish, and Eliza. They're both oh, dead. That's right. And then the mermaid, because he's a, a, a supposedly a god. A fish god heals himself. Yes. Stands up, jumps into the water with Eliza, and opens the scars on her neck that turned out to be gills. So she was a fish all along. So another the big the big twist that everyone talks about in this film is that at the top of the top of the film we see Eliza in the mirror touching her scars on the sides of her neck that are in the same spot as what you then see later on. Amphibian man has gills there, and apparently it was obvious to everyone except for me that it it's kind of. Showing that she is also a fish? Yeah. I didn't realise that until yeah. this morning. No, it's embarrassing because I saw that from the beginning of the film. I don't know how you <laughs> saw that. Because she had scars that looked like gills on her neck. And then Octavia Spencer was like, oh, her name is Esposito. It's Spanish for like orphan because they found her on a creek bed, on a riverbed okay, in but the mud. Do you know that? Okay, I get I get it. I'm happy to accept that. But what that means for me is that it's then not this whole, this everyday woman who, this everyday cleaner who's living kind of a really mundane life, then finds this fish and falls in love with this fish. I can't believe I'm even saying those words. Yeah. It's like it was always going to be, it was always meant to be. Yeah, I guess that's the whole point. That's the point. I don't know why Guillermo made this movie. It's confusing. I'm not quite sure who he made it for, but it's like it's it's most definitely his. It was his little baby of an idea. Yeah. He wrote the script. Yes, um, he pitched it to Sally Hawkins at the Golden Globes when he was drunk. When he was drunk, can you imagine him coming up to her table and being like, "Sally, you're a fish. He's a fish. But you're not a fish. But, but you it, are. It's gonna be beautiful. Like, can you imagine that? Can you imagine <laughs> walking past their table and he's he's like you know squizzed his way over at her table to tell her that. That's so weird. Yeah, so that's the plot. That's the plot in a nutshell. I wish it was more kind of complex than that, but not really. Yeah. Would you ever help me steal a fish, man, if I asked you to? Emma, I would if I was rejected by a homophobic barkeep um, (laughs) and then also lost my job within a 90-second montage. Then I would come to you and... Okay, that's not what I'm... I'm not asking you if you are (laughs) Richard Jenkins' character in the film. Yeah. In, in this life that we live right now, yeah. if I was a cleaner at night, a nighttime cleaner in a government facility, if I worked for ASIO, yeah. and I came to you and I was like... Well, first of all, no, but go on. If I came to you and was like, I would really... I've fallen in love with this fish man that I'm cleaning around. Can you... Would you help me... St- <laughs> would you help me steal him? Would you help me? No. That's really rude. Why would I? Why? You're just sitting here on JobKeeper, like, waiting for theatre to start up again. Why wouldn't you help me? Girl, I'd help you crack out those 10 free appointments with a clinical psychologist. <laughs> I'll get you on a mental health care plan. You wouldn't help me? No. You're cleaning up around a fish that you start to get the hots for. Yeah. You wouldn't help me? No. Call, I would call your mother and be like, <laughs> Joanne. Joanne, we've got to do something. Aww. It's gone too far. I thought you'd help. Or at no. least be a bit curious and be like, well, let me meet him first. <laughs> well, I would want to see you, fish. <laughs> you got pics. <laughs> All right. Well, that answers yeah. that. Yeah. That's... Tell me. Tell me. Tell me about this facility that you're working in. Is it as uh, 
terribly run as the one in this film. Seriously, this facility was awful. It, and you know what? Now that I think about it, I think it was designed to look like a giant fish tank. It just looked... Yeah. It looks bleak and it looks cold. Exactly what you would picture a Cold War era hmm. place to look like. No one's happy. Everyone's wearing, you know, grey. No one's, no one's happy. But also, there's no such thing as security. You, the cleaners can go wherever they like, and there are also so many cleaners. There's like yeah. 30 of them on shift at a it's time. A team. Yeah. Everyone can go wherever they like, and the stakes are not particularly high. Like, when Eliza does steal the amphibian man, yeah. and he's gone, mm. the big bosses up top are not stressed out at all. Everyone's yeah. like, well, you better get that asset back. How's the asset? You know. Any any word on the asset? I feel like it's not like a big priority for the government. This, this well, no, because he's a fucking fish. Well, no, but also like it's almost like what's this chap's name? The, the Strickland. Bad guy? Thank you. You're so good at names. I'm so bad at them. I know. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. I'm thanks gonna I'm gonna me. rely on you as a crutch <laughs> this whole podcast. Um, Strickland, it's like his like own little personal it's passion project. project. But I, f- I found this fish god in the river, and the Amazons, Amazonian people were like worshiping him. He dragged him home, is how so he I caught him it. and dragged him yeah. back. Yeah. And everyone's like, okay, well, I guess work out what you can, and, and if it can somehow help us beat the Russians, woohoo! Well, they thought it was going to help them get to space. Yeah. I don't know how a fish. It's you've missed this again because you missed the whole fish thing. He oh. has two sets of lungs, and they're talking about how. It's like this system that allows him to breathe under different sets uh, of pressure. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that added a layer of depth that was cool. Yeah. Okay. And they're talking about this, like, hard, fleshy layer between the two sets of lungs. Oh. Which is why they want to cut him up. Oh, that makes sense. That's oh another thing. Oh, my God. Thing. How did you miss this? Well, I thought they were just all being like, I'm done. We're getting nothing out of him. Let's just cut him up and see what's inside. No, they wanted to vivisect him to get all the secrets. Yes, right. Yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. I, the film makes a bit more sense to me now. Oh, Thank well... You. <laughs> Thanks I'm changing my rating to seven stars. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for helping me. But yeah, no, this facility, I mean, the security is lax. This girl, this cleaner just wanders into this top secret room all on her own with a mop every now and then. And an this, egg. And an, oh, several eggs. She feeds him the eggs. She plays records for it. Dances. Yeah. yeah. There's even that scene, I mean, you kind of know because he ends up being a Russian spy. Yeah. But there's that scene where the guy is looking on while yes. she's dancing with the mop. Yes, and he's one of just, the scientists. Says nothing, does nothing. No. Goodness. It's so weird. I don't like the egg thing. The egg thing creeps me out. Do you know why? Why? It's because... So, Eliza is taking him hard-boiled eggs to, like, flirt over and teach him, you know, food. He eats them. Yeah. Yeah. But she's peeling the egg in front of him and then just holding it. Yeah. And... Oh, just a little, like... And it's, like, the slurpiness of it around water. I don't like that. Yeah. It's like, what if the egg gets wet? (laughs) Well, the eggs are getting wet. The eggs are getting wet in this film. (laughs) There's that, well, there's every, the scene where she's like masturbating in the bath. There's yeah. the egg timer shaped like an egg right there. Yeah. On the side of the bath. Like yeah. it's like all. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. eggs. Why? Fish what? eggs, I don't know. Lady eggs. What fertility. does fish eggs have to do with anything? Fertility. Egg is a symbol of fertility. Great. That's nice. She's ready. She's ready for fish babies. Oh, she's ready for something, Eliza. Oh, she's ready for something. She's, she's going to get it. <laughs> she's, she's playing with fire. <laughs> Back to this facility. Okay. We keep, we keep you're going you're off really hard on this facility. <laughs> but I just think it's the most absurd, absurd thing of the whole... Well, it's one of the most absurd things of this film. And also how um, Strickland, the, the, the villain, yeah. is the only one in charge. Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the only one in charge of this giant facility. And like, that's the, not how it works. Just a practical note. All of the security cameras, which is like a big plot point in the film, the security cameras. Yes, that's how they steal the fish. Yeah. 
the monitors for them are all behind him in that yeah. room and there's no one else there. So if he's not there looking at the cameras, no one's monitoring the security. No, he's the only one that's running this joint. It's totally weird. He himself, Let's talk about him for a sec. So he is the, clearly the antagonist. He is... A, I think Guillermo was intending for him to be an old school villain. Like, you know, there's nothing really yeah. good about him. He is racist. Pretty black and white. He is... It's almost like too much. It, it's it's like, way like, too like, much. Too many it's layers. It's so unbelievable. Like, oh, I'm going to be a bit rapey now as well. Like, yeah. It's like... Oh, it's so really? unbelievable. But even they even give him a scene where he goes home and sees his, you know, perfect blonde wife and the perfect two kids. And it kind of is meant to show you... He's just like everyone else. And I'm like, no, he's not, because these lines no, he's saying are so robotic. I don't get that. I get that as being like, here's oh. my perfect life. I've got the best wife. I've got the car. She's brought me the latest dessert. We know it's the latest dessert from the ad, the Jello parfait thing. And what he, are you talking about? He's got this beautiful new car. He's just the perfect life, but something's missing. Something's missing. Everything's too perfect for him. No, that's not what I get at all. Oh, he just needs something a little bit broken to fix. No, he's, he's just Eliza. a weirdo. Okay. No, he's after Eliza because he's like, oh, you're mute. You're, you know, it's the 60s and there's this quiet mute chick. A woman no. who doesn't speak, the ultimate fantasy. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. that's right. That's what I mean. That's why he likes her. Yeah, true. Yeah. No, I think they're showing, us, they're showing us his perfect life to be like, he, look, he fits right into society. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, one of my favourite bits that happens to him is the amphibian man bites off his fingers? What happens to his fingers? How do they go? We don't know, because it just kind of comes out bleeding, and That's then right. they find the fingers when they're So his, his ring finger and his pinky on one of his hands fell off. Fell off, you know. We're bitten off or <laughs> something. We're bitten off. Eliza finds them and she's cleaning. He then has surgery to get them sewn back on. Hmm. And throughout the whole movie, he and he even makes a comment. He's like, well, I'll know soon if they've taken or not. Yeah. And then slowly they just start getting blacker and black. They're rotten. Yeah, people Someone like, even makes an awkward comment. Commenting to him about like, oh, I, can s- I think your fingers are oh, smelling. Can we wind the window down? Your <laughs> your fingers smell, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that scene where he like bends it and it's like... Pus. Pus pops it. Oh. Out of the stitches or something. So I'm... I think I was more invested in these fingers than I was the <laughs> entire plot. I'm waiting because I know what he's going to do. You know what he's going to do. I know what he's going to do. And they tease it like three or four times. They like, do. Oh, don't do it. And finally at the end when he's got Octavia Spencer like up against a wall, he looks down and he rips off his rotten fingers. Ah! No, it was not gross. It was so satisfying. Was I've good. been waiting this whole film. Right. The t- okay, there was more tension between me and the fingers than there was between the fish and Eliza. Oh, okay. I was waiting for it. I was like, yes! <laughs> They're dead weight! They're not doing their dead wrong! Well, I just know it's Guillermo del Toro film, and it's like yeah. one of his things is like really, really full on graphic violence. I mean, yes. there's that other scene with. Um, <gasps> yes, my favourite! Later, favorite. On. Yeah, later yeah, yeah. on, he shoots the Russian guy in a couple of places that make him not die. So, like in his face and his stomach and. But his, through the cheek. Through the cheek, and then he hooks his finger through the bullet hole and drags him by the bullet it's hole like cheek. like a fish hook. It's so good. Yeah. That was the first moment in the movie where I went, ooh, like I actually, I think out loud yeah, I went, wow. oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's something yeah. I've not seen before. I have also not seen a woman sleep with a fish, but... Oh, no, you've seen that. Now yeah. I have. Yeah. That's, the bullet hole in the cheek thing seemed to be cooler than the fish <laughs> thing. <laughs> Too funny. So let's talk about uh, Richard Jenkins's character, Giles. He's my favourite character in the film, I think. Yeah, he's a little sweetheart. I love everything he does as an actor. I love his career. He's always, he's another actor like Ed Harris that in my head, he's always got he's always busy, he's always working. Yeah. I like his stuff. Yeah, he's good. He just seems like a nice guy as well in real life. What a funny name, Giles. 
Do you know what? That's a name. I, when I first had The Sims, I used to name my Sims Giles. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I liked it. Oh, that's awful. Oh, well, shoot me. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, He's one of my favourite characters in this film, I think. He is a closeted gay who lives next to Eliza. Although I had this thought, is there apartment one apartment that's been split into two? I think it has, kind of on the corner bend. So it's almost like they've had this agreement that she has the kitchen side and he's got his side? No, I didn't think so. Oh, okay, I made that up. Yeah. Okay. I, I was looking, I'm like, I'm like, is this friends? I think it's just like two apartments above a, a movie. Yeah, similar. right. Yeah. Um, he, is this friends? friends? He is this beautiful, beautiful, very warm character. Yeah. He's an illustrator, a failing illustrator, who's having yeah. his little career problems. Yeah. Which we kind of assume is because he's gay. Yeah. It, that's, in, that's implied. Yeah. And, like, he keeps doing ads that are supposed to be, like, family-friendly ads for, like, Jello and stuff, and they, he keeps getting knocked back. And we, I, the implication being, we can't make a family-friendly ad <laughs> from a homosexual. Um, poor guy. Poor I guy. did. I did feel for him. Yeah, and he has this crush on the boy at the milk bar, who is literally a boy. That guy, <laughs> kid, would like be like fifteen compared yeah, to him. Yeah, but you know that thing where you're like, you know, you just want it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, it's really. I, I like his and Eliza's relationship. Though I wonder why I like that relationship. Who knows why? <laughs> I don't know because you're not mute. <laughs> I think their relationship is really yeah. sweet. They each, they each, like you know, give. They each complete each other. You know, he he understands her. She understands him. They complete yeah. themselves around each other. It's really sweet. Yeah, for sure. I think one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he goes and takes her to. He's like, please, can we go? Can we go? And they go to the milk bar. Yeah. For obviously, you know, the hundredth time, he wears his hairpiece. He's obsessed <gasps> with this hairpiece. Yes. Um, and they go and. They actually realise that the, the milk bar man is really awful. No, that's that's later on, after Magic Fish has zapped him and given him his own hair oh, back. Oh, that's and right. And that gives him the confidence to be like, I'm going to make a move. And he makes a move and it obviously doesn't go very, very well at all. And then to throw into the mix. Again, this thing of like, not only is barman being like, this is a family bar, you can never come back here. Like, the second that that happens, two black yes. people come in and yes. he's like, no, you can't sit at the bar, just to really like... Really ham it up. Layer it up. Yeah. Richard didn't read the goodness. room right. Ooh, he goodness. didn't read the room right. My One of my favourite bits, one of the only bits of the film I really liked, to be honest, is when they come home from this kind of failed outing to see the milk bar guy mm-hmm. and they brought home a piece of lime cake, like lime jello cake. Oh, yeah. That's the first time when they go together. Yeah. Yes, they've gone together. Lime jello cake and he opens up the fridge to put it inside and she clearly doesn't like the cake. To put it inside the fridge and there's about 20 lime jello cakes in there. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Check them out, bro. But no, obviously, it's a, a shorthand of being like, <laughs> this is the thing that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, funny, we haven't really spoken about how the fact that everything is green in this movie. Oh, yeah. Water. Da, 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 da. Water's not green. The sea's green. Okay. The sea is green because of plants living in the water. Oh, okay. Just like how the water looks blue because the sky is reflecting off it. It's not because the water's a particular colour. Okay, biology comes yeah, through. Yeah, I'm going to get technical, doll. Okay. Everything in this movie is green, and I don't yeah. know why. It's uh, probably because amphibian man's green. I don't know. Yeah, the sea, water, teal. The production the design. Of the production design. <laughs> okay, the shape of water is a green. It's shape. teal. Oh my god. It's an egg. A teal egg. Oh. the production design though 
seriously for a second, is yeah. probably the coolest thing about the movie. Oh, it's beautiful. It's shot really beautifully. Yeah. Um, everything, and even the shots have this, like, um, fishbowl lens on them. I think that's the only way to describe fish it. Did eye, you notice that? Did you notice that? A fish eye. Yeah. You know I a little fish bit, bowl. yeah. Yeah, they even have that that tinge to them. Not not too full on, but especially to set the scenes at the beginning they did. I really love that. Yeah. Um, and the production design is gorgeous. It won it won an Oscar for it. I think it deserved that. It was yeah. everything had a green tinge. The the tiles on the wall. And like the wallpaper had like it was like fish scale pattern. Yeah, it's cool. It's really yeah. understated. Yeah. We make it sound like it's not understated. <laughs> yeah. Being like everything was green. Yeah. But it really is. It's just this little it's slight cute. tinge. Yeah. It's nice. It's very yeah. Guillermo as well. Yeah. Can we talk about the cinema? Sure. What's there to talk about? Just, I think, the fact that she lives on top of a cinema. I mean, it has some convenient points for the plot, but it could have been anything. It didn't need to be a cinema. No, it didn't. And I just think it makes it whimsical. And this kind of, like, faux Amelie kind of, oh, ha, 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 whimsy. <laughs> Really got under my skin. Oh, did it? After a bit. I read yeah. them living on top of a cinema because they were poor. Or, you know, poor. Sure, yeah. They, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. But I also thought of it as, like, kind of the spot where the rejects go a little bit. Like, you know, they're just hanging out above a cinema a bit. That, that's yeah, how I read okay, it. okay, okay. That's why I read it. I don't know. I just think if you're going to... That's, that's a choice. It's a choice to put them above a cinema. Yeah. Apart from having water leak through into the cinema. Well, in that that's scene. just her being stupid. But why cinema? But you know, fun fact about well, that cinema. What's he gonna do? Be like, put ah! him above it. What's he gonna do? Be like, here's a chicken. They can live above a chicken shop. Like, yeah, why not? Oh come on, that's not very. That's not very. That's not very whimsical, is no. it? I'm sorry, that doesn't fit into your little yarn tears and Amelie world. <gasps> that just made sense now. What? Oh my god, something just dawned on me. What? That's why they have the little fantastical lip sync scene. Is because it's oh, the movies. Oh, they watch the movies. It's a little dream world. So there's a scene towards the end where it's very clearly based off the movie. The name of the movie is escaping me, but it's a Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers film where they're dan- black and white dancing. Um, and it's it's the fish man and Sally Hawkins and she's lip syncing the words. And they just they just do a little little twist and a little spin. It's a very quick moment. Yeah. Obviously her just kind of dreaming. And- it's not a very quick moment. It's a few minutes. Oh, Renee okay. Fleming singing. All right. Is Love it Renee Fleming? It's Renee Fleming. Oh, I didn't know that. With her coverage on. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Um, that makes sense now. They, Renee, they Fleming, this... Renee Fleming and her music theatre voice. Okay. Yeah. Well done. You yeah. got you sung. Yeah. They they do this... <laughs> you got it in there. They heard you. They do this... That makes sense now that it's a spit from the movies. And she's living above yeah. the cinema and they're watching movies. Okay, yeah. And they do it with the TV as well. They're little yeah. dancies. Yeah. That makes what sense. What if it's kind of sort of like like a silent film through to kind of talkies. I don't know. Oh, maybe. I mean, I'm the, going deep. I'm that's going not deep the sixties though. That's a no, long no, time but you know, like it, the progression. it has progressed to that point. And yeah. Maybe it's her time to do it. Yeah. Maybe. Well. Okay. Maybe I think we're up to the point. Cause you're talking about the cinema. I think we're up to the point where we should talk about that scene. Let's talk about the stupidest scene in the entire fucking film. Oh, it's, I don't know. It is the stupidest scene, but that's, no, it is. Okay. Calm down. I'm not going to, it's the stupidest because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. Go on. So, well, let's talk about the first time it happens. She's caring for this fish creature in the bath. She's in her gone. bath. Yeah. Um, you know, putting the salt in. And there's this moment where she's like rubbing it to make sure it's okay. And it starts glowing or blue under the skin. Little, little and she's fish like, oh, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Oh, I better. Yeah. Good, good night. Goodbye. 
signs him a little goodbye. Yeah. Gets in the doorway and goes, nah, to hell with that. Turns around, takes her clothes off and gets into the bath. Implication being, sexy time. But you can you can see them. He even, Guillermo so cleverly does a close-up shot of her. So you can see the moment where she's like, nope, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to have sex with this fish. <laughs> you can, you can yeah. see the moment she clocks it and makes it. And then we cut to her and Octavia going through the bowels of the building with the cleaning. And on she's got this like, un, like unwipable smile on her face. And Octavia's like, why are you so happy? <laughs> what? And immediately just doesn't even need to ask. Just goes, how? How? It's so and then weird. And then there's this like moment where she describes with her hands where the pee where, comes from. Where it comes out of. And, um, oh, it's like, just the fact that, the fact that it happened is insane. The fact that she is all happy and her friend immediately was like, damn girl, you fucked that fish. (laughs) And was like, you go, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Her friend knew straight away. Yeah. Weird. Could you imagine? And wasn't like, you okay? Ask me again. Ask me if you had sex with that fish, what would I do? It wouldn't be. Oh, how? Tell yeah. me everything. Yeah. Where did it come yeah, from? Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be Joanne, code red. <laughs> code red, Joanne. I'm driving you to the hospital. Meet me there. Yeah. I don't... I... <laughs> I kind of knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But anyway, the second time it happens, she's like, now let's do this. Let's, you've done you've done sexy, sexy times on, on land. Let's do it underwater. And so she starts filling the bath. And then she goes to her sink. And she fills up the sink. So she's in the sink. bathroom. She fills up the sink and lets it overflow with water. And puts two towels at the crack at the bottom of her door. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And then goes to town. And somehow the entire room fills almost to the ceiling with water. Not Okay, let's talk about... It's scientifically impossible because unless she plugged up the toilet, all the water would go as high as the toilet and yeah. then no further. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the fact that it couldn't stop from going out of the door anyway regardless yeah. of the two towels on the they're floor they're living in a really really old and place. let's go with if the, if the room filled with that much water that's like several cubic tons of water there's like a very thin floor and then the cinema below yeah. them it yeah. would break the floor through yeah the whole thing I mean, makes no sense that's dumb the fact that they're having sex underwater in the bathroom oh yeah it's whimsical is Aww. dumb the fact that richard is like what Eliza, are you in there? Hello! And yeah. opens the door and like a puddle of water comes out at his feet. Not like psh, in the face. Yeah. And that they somehow don't come out with the water. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then he just gives him a nod. And, and, he like, stands, oh. and they're standing there perfectly upright. Yeah. Not like, oh, because yeah. the room's drained. <laughs> and then he realises what's happened and he's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Sorry. Closes the door. Oh my god. And he closes no, the door. No, he doesn't close the door. He, cu- he cuts to a shot of them having a little giggle over a cup of tea that oh he caught them in the act. God, and she I looks at him that. like, this was good to Richard. Oh, it's, I don't like it. It's not right. No, I don't like it. I don't like the whole thing. Anyway, that's the scene <laughs> that really, I was like, oh, I see now. I see, I see why people are upset. <laughs> how did a, how did a woman having sex with a fish win the, an Oscar. Oh, I don't know. It goes to show how far we've come. <laughs> well, you know what? First they had gay marriage and this is next. <laughs> they said they said it was going to happen. They said we knew it. They knew it. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Really? I uh, Look. <laughs> what? 
I liked it in that I wasn't like, oh my god, take me away from it. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. No, it's no, dumb. No, no. It was cute. It was you know, whimsical. It was a lovely allegorical tale about you know people who are outcast from a society. You've got disabled principal yes. character. Yes. Uh, a closeted gay character. Yes. A black woman. Yes. Two women, um, and you know a fish god, <laughs> famously um, outcast from a society. Yeah, can't get him. You know, fish god being the allegory for you know. And, you know, the protagonist being all-American, being yeah. like, get out of my country. Yeah. Cold War setting, blah, blah. You know, it's fine. It's good. It's all right. I just don't think it deserved to win Best Picture. No. And it's not the kind of film that I need to see again. No, I don't, I no, don't need good. to watch it again. I'm good. In my head, the, the, the Best Picture should be <laughs> one that I could sit... If I'm flipping through the TV and I see it on, I want to watch it again. Or at the very least, it stays with you. Yeah. And gives you lots to think about. Yeah. This one doesn't. This stays with me for the wrong reasons. I don't think it would even stay with me if I knew I wasn't going to talk about it on a podcast. You know, I'd watch it and go, oh, great. Put that in the recycle bin of my brain. No way. I'm thinking about the best picture. The Oscar best picture is the top film of the year. You're telling me the top film of the year is a woman having sex with a fish? Apparently, yeah. That's no. staying with me. Yeah. That's staying with me, dog. Oh, okay. oh, okay. All right. Oh, my God. I'll be on my deathbed and be like, do you guys remember when this happened? <laughs> like, come on. And then she filled up the room with yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the pizza. I love it. <laughs> Famous last words. Famous last words. <laughs> I, I do not believe it should have gotten no. this picture. And especially, especially when you look at the other films that were nominated that year. Insane. You had Get Out. You had three bulbs out. outside Ebbing, Missouri. Get out the film that turned a thriller genre on its head. You know? <laughs> three boards, three billboards, which is... Oh my it's God, just written so, so beautifully and performed so well. And about such a yes. contemporary issue. Yes. I don't, I don't understand how this one best picture. I thought I knew that voting body. I clearly don't know that voting body. I thought I knew how it all worked. Clearly, the money that, that companies put behind who gets awards... Is very yeah. real. Even, and it's a bit controversial, even what? Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Is a film that I have a lot of problems with. Yeah. Um, and I think is problematic for a few reasons. But I still liked it more and would have preferred it to yes. win over this. Yeah, it's still in my mind. If that won, I would, I would be upset that it won over Get Out and yes. Three Billboards. But yeah. it would be less of an upset in my eyes. Yeah, this was yeah. probably the, the riskiest option out of all of them. But also not. Also the safest option, you know? Yeah. Right down the middle. People pleasing. That was one thought I had. This film is what I did expect and what I didn't expect all roll into one. Does that make sense? How profound. No, tell me about it. I expected this film to be like this. Yeah. But I also didn't expect some of the elements all at the same time. Yeah, okay. No, I see that. Yeah, all at the same time. I knew I wouldn't watch it and be like, whoa, this is what it is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sign us up! Sign what? us up! <laughs> I wasn't thinking. Yeah, it's both. Yeah. It's what I did expect and didn't expect okay. all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It was. It did have inherent Guillermo del Toro moments. Yeah. Was it Pan's Labyrinth? Well, this is it. Absolutely not. The whole time I was like, it's kind of like making a more accessible to Americans version oh, of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh no! In a sense, because you know, people in America famously don't watch movies not in English. True. Pan's Labyrinth, unfortunately for them, is in Spanish. True. Uh, but it just it's so good. Yeah. And it's kind of this same kind of, you know, we're in a war setting. It happens to be an American war to make it more familiar. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. 
and there's this kind of fantastical element to it to help this kind of neglected female, young yeah. kind of... Yeah, but look, it just... I mean, putting those two films together... You can definitely be like, yep, they're directed by the same person. I get it. Yeah. But, boof, big difference. I just don't know why he made it. I yeah. don't know why he made it. Oh, well, and also the fact that it's all in his... It's, it's his original work. He yeah, no, it's his, his idea. He wrote it. He, he directed it. He sitting there being like, and then... Yeah. They take the fish away from this facility, you guys. It's like he just, like, binge-watched Free Willy... Beauty and the Beast, uh, Creature King from the Kong. Black Laboo- Lago- Laboon, Laboon Creature Laboon. from the Black Black Lagoon, major Beauty and the Beast vibes, especially yeah. the end when the Beast wakes up and then, you know, saves the woman. It's just and then he had a production meeting with the production designer, and before that he happened to see Amelie on the TV. Just you and Amelie get over it. Oh, but the whole the vibe of the film, okay, I even get the it. music, and the music was beautiful. Oh, and she does wear a beret actually at one huh? point. She wears a beret. Yeah, of course. At one point. I, she was mute, but she was French, had a French accent to me. You know what I mean? I could, I couldn't. I, the, honestly, honestly, yeah. the whole film, I could not see her as anything other than French. Yes, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, that's very funny. Yeah. Um, the people I think are divided on it. Like mm. Rotten Tomatoes has given it ninety-two percent. Are you kidding me, Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, quite insane. But then at the same time, everyone was like, "How did this film win Best Picture?" Yeah, that's what I heard at least. Yeah. Yeah, and you look at the, I mean, you know, user reviews on IMDb. Mm. Admittedly, it's, you know, free-for-all. But a lot of very critical reviews. And a lot of people saying, oh, it it thinks it's too clever. I must be too dumb to understand this super clever. That's not it at all. Yeah. It's just... This must be too arsy for me to get. Yeah, no, no, not not at all. It's just missed the mark. Yeah. You're right under the money. Yeah. Plebeian. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Would you recommend other people see it if they haven't seen it already? Well, if they haven't seen it already, the plot's spoiled. Sorry. But also, sure, if you've got nothing to do and you kind of want to see it for the lols of the fish sex. Yeah. Um, it's a movie to watch. It's it's a, you know it's a good movie to put on and do the fucking ironing or something. Like some sort of yeah. thing to just have on. Yeah. The music's lovely. I can imagine it being a quite a cute little... It looks pretty. Like It's pretty to look at. The production design is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, but I, honestly, it's it's not Pan's Labyrinth. And if someone was like, "Should I watch it?" I'd say, "Have you seen Pan's Labyrinth?" If you haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth, don't even worry about the Shape of Water. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. Just watch that. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. But when I think of her, of Eliza, the only thing that comes to mind is a poem whispered by someone in love hundreds of years ago. Unable to perceive the shape of you, I find you all around me. Your presence fills my eyes with your love. It humbles my heart, for you are everywhere. So next up, we have the other best picture winner that you and I both have not seen. Yes. Moonlight. No, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won best picture. Moonlight won. Come on, this is not a joke. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won best picture. Moonlight, best picture. 
So this was 2016. It was written and directed by Barry Jenkins. It stars Mahashala Ali, Naomi Harris, Travante Rhodes and Alex R. Hibbert. I think what most people associate this film with, or at least the winning of this film, Mm. is the fact that La La Land was announced as best picture before it was realised that the wrong envelope was read out. And it was actually Moonlight. Yeah. And we actually, we just re-watched this scene. Yeah. Um, you would have, might have heard a little clip from it just then. Um, yeah. What an upset. It genuinely makes me so uncomfortable watching it. You saw me watch it. I could barely... I, yeah. I took my glasses off so I didn't... They, they were all blurry. When you know what's coming. Oh, it's so awkward. It's so uncomfortable. Their the whole... And when you think about, you know, the race to the Oscars, it's like a whole year lead up to yeah. them doing press and advertising this film and yeah. so much money goes behind trying to get an award for these films so these films can have that little sticker on it that says they won us. Like, yeah. it's such a... It actually makes you kind of realise that the clogs just need to turn. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, really totally. weird. Yeah. I just... I felt so uncomfortable watching that clip back yeah. again, more so now than when it actually happened. And the kind of stages of realisation that revealed themselves across the stage... The mess that no one wanted to take responsibility. It's just like regular life when someone fucks up in the workplace and they kind of shaft the blame to someone else. Yeah. Like Warren Beatty really wanted to explain the fact that he read Emma Stone and he was trying to show Faye Dunaway that it says Emma Stone La La Land and Faye Dunaway was blowing it off being like, oh, Warren, you're trying to be cute here yeah. and announces La La Land. La La Land. But then Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel, as the host, in my opinion, should have come out and taken charge and actually done that formal handover. So here's the thing. It's all very time precious. Everyone's getting out of their seats and jumping up already. Yeah. Only like two people in that entire building know who actually won. Yeah. So that's where the hang on, hang on, hang on has to come from. Yeah. They would have been like side of stage or, you know, like the kind of huh, action plans yeah. that would have had to go on into place. Yeah. But also, I mean, they could have... Because figured- it's not like the entire production of rehearsed... No. Something, and they've gone, oh, no, he said the wrong line. No. Like It's like... This has not happened before. Everyone's going along being like, okay, that's the winner. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. almost let, let them keep going for a sec. They make that conscious decision. It, yeah, it takes a while to stop them. Three people from La La Land got to give their acceptance speeches. Yeah. Two. Before. Well, two, and then the third guy <laughs> knew what was happening, yes. because by, by that point, everyone on stage had been like, oh, my God, oh, no. Yeah, and yeah, they were, yeah. like, taking their statuettes from them. Yeah. And that guy held on to his and gave a, gave speech. a speech. And then he says, oh, look, we lost. But we lost. And the crowd goes, what? And then I think it's Damien Chazelle comes on and goes, no, really, you guys, we lost. And like gets really close to the microphone. Yeah. No, really, we lost, you guys. Grabs the actual envelope from Warren Beatty's hands and holds it up. And he's like, moonlight, no. it's moonlight. No, it's like stages. He like... He, like, kind of pushes Old Man out of the way and goes, Moonlight, you guys are the winners, okay? And then walks off my and goes, No, I've been real. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. And it's, it's just, like, just too much. this kind of, like, thing of, like, people trying really hard to be good, good losers. And the fact that Old Mate came on and called, we lost. You don't lose Best Picture. You kind of, you either get nominated for Best Picture or you win Best Picture. <laughs> thing, but to be like, we lost is really, whoa, nah, that's the whole. That's the whole, the clogs just got to keep turning. Ugh, it's all yeah. a machine. It's all a business. It's got to keep going. Yeah. It's a competition. It's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. Watch. And then the beautiful cast of Moonlight come on. 
The cast of La La Land get kind of shafted to the back. What happens to them? You don't really see what happens to them. No, the cameras kind of avoid. Yeah, the cameras avoid what happens to them. Um, the beautiful cast of Moonlight come on and are just... They, I mean, they, they get to give their acceptance speeches, but it's yeah. still just not the same for them. I it's still a moment, them. but it could have been such an incredible historic moment. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. But it could have been this beautiful... It's not... It, it is an historic moment, but it's not the movie motion picture Oscars winning moment, <laughs> no. ironically. You no, know? it's not. Um... I am super disappointed in myself, and I know you are too, that we've not seen this movie before Likewise, this. yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those ones where it came out, I was like, oh, I should see that. I know. It's kind of like the right thing to yeah. do is to see it. And, yeah. you know, it's going to be great. Yeah. I knew, that I knew similarly, I knew I wanted to see it. Yeah. I didn't know, all I knew about this film was that Mahershala Ali was in it. That's all I knew. Yeah. What did you know? Um, I knew it was kind of like a, a, a black story, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, I knew it was a gay story. I didn't know it was a gay story. Really? You missed yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, no, I knew that. I missed that. Yeah. Um, and I kind of had the idea that it was like following someone's life with different people playing the same oh, people. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah. you knew that it went over time. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Good, you yeah. know, you knew a lot. Yeah. Um, I think what's kind of disappointing, I don't know what word to call it. It's not disappointing it's incredible is that this movie winning this amount of Oscars is actually really groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, it was the first LD- LGBTQIA film and the first film featuring an all black cast to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mahashala Ali was the first Muslim man to win. Muslim person. Muslim person. Honestly. That's right. Yeah. Muslim person to win a performing Oscar for this film. Yeah. Um, Didi Gardner yep. is the first woman to win Two best picture. best picture Oscars. Yeah, that's not, not first black woman, first woman. Yeah, first woman. Full stop. That's insane to me. Nuts. It's crazy. I thought I was like I thought Kathleen Kennedy, that producer boss. Yeah. Had with her the list of films she has produced. I thought she at least had two in the bag. No. No. Eight nominations. Eight nominations. No wins. No wins. Oh. Like the color punch. purple. E. T. Everything Spielberg has done. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. I mean she has the she has the memorial award. Yeah. But not still. The same. But how cool like this movie is absolutely Yeah. It's also the movie with the smallest budget to win this picture ever. Uh yeah, so 1.5 million dollars. <laughs> Just to make that clear, ever. <laughs> um, really emphasize it. Um 1.5 million dollars. And um, Rocky 2, is it? No, just Rocky. Just Rocky. It's just Rocky. Rocky. So, Patrick, we were talking about this earlier. I was like, yeah, yeah. And Rocky was the f- was the only other picture to have such a low budget. And Patrick was like, oh, yeah, Rocky Horror Picture Show. What? <laughs> no, mate, Rocky Balboa. Not, you forget yourself again because it's oh. not. Rocky Horror Picture Show was a flop when it came out. Rocky's the boxing one? Da, 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 yes. Da, da, da. Yeah, okay, oh, cool. my God. Have All you right. not seen Rocky? Um, why would I have seen Rocky? Oh. Don't we, put it on the list. I can't we have bear it. we have led very different lives. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, had a budget of one point one million dollars back when it was made. But so we within, adjust for inflation with, now. with inflation. <laughs> uh, Moonlight still has the smallest budget. Do you know what? It's funny that if I didn't know that fact, I don't think I would have guessed that after watching the film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the production values. Uh, lower, you know. Yeah. There's obviously nothing CGI. There's no. It's a single cam. It is a single cam, and yeah. that made it. That was one of the best, my favorite things about the film. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was a single handheld camera. 
Yeah. Sometimes on a dolly or a Yeah, sure. A pod. But how cool is that? How cool is the opening shot where it's just going around and around yeah, one these two men? Shot. One continuous yeah. shot. Um, another really cool bit I noticed was when the camera was actually in the side of the car door. <gasps> that was great. And the car door is obviously open and this char- the character gets in the passenger seat, closes the door, and the camera follows it the whole way. It's yeah. so cool. And it's almost like the way the camera moves reveals who the person is yes. getting in the car because we don't see them until the, yeah. camera, the door shuts. It's actually like that for a lot of scenes. A lot of the scenes where they're fighting or just multiple people are coming in, you're guessing who's who. Yeah. That's really cool. That was one of my favourite things about the film, actually. It's shot beautifully. Mm. Produced by a really fantastic company, a really exciting company I love, 824. Uh, who also made other wonderful films like um, Uncut Gems and The Lighthouse, The Witch, or The Vivitch, I guess. Oh, I have not seen any of those films. Oh, really? They're so good. Midsummer. You've seen Midsummer. I made Midsummer, yeah. Uh, and of course, um, oh, Eighth Grade. Have you seen Eighth Grade? No. So good. Disaster Artist, Ladybird. I've seen Disaster Sacred Artist. Killing of a Deer. I've seen Ladybird. Oh, my God. Um, oh, really cool little indie films. Moonlight, Swiss Army Man, The Lobster. Oh, I love The Lobster. Oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Oh, Hereditary. Hereditary. Oh, of course yes. you're thinking of Hereditary. You love Hereditary. Oh. It's great, but honestly, it's, not. it's worth watching. And I know it's spooky and terrible. But just for Tony Collette, she is just... Okay, I know you love Tony Collette, and Tony Collette is actually really diverse. Yeah. She should have been nominated, at least nominated, for an Oscar that year for that role. Oh, that's a big, big No, call. people people agree. Right. Yeah. It's a snub. She was incredible. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy that. You must watch. Okay, so I'll just play you some clips. They produce really cool movies. Yeah, amazing. And this is their first Best Picture win. Yeah. I really Hooray! like that. Yay! I like that for them. Yeah. So it's a story about a, a young black boy. Uh, his name is Sharon. Uh, people call him Little. Yeah. Um, and he comes from a very difficult circumstance. His mother is uh, like a, I guess, a junkie for want of a better word. Yeah. Uh, does a lot of drugs. Has you know, that classic kind of thing of different men neglecting the son. The son doesn't come home and the mum is like sort of unfazed by it. Like, where have yeah. you been? Not like, ah, out yeah. of her mind. Yeah. Um, you can very quickly, you very quickly can tell what kind of, um, what kind of life he, he has been put into. Yeah. Least, the sad watch. thing is it, it, it feel, it reads, if you read it on paper, it'd almost read like a cliche, but that is because it's just such a common story. Yeah. I think. And that's what made me so uncomfortable watching it is because it's so real. Yeah. It is, there is absolutely no bullshitting <laughs> around this movie. Yeah. There is absolutely nothing that is. A, a fantastical element. Nothing yeah. is... um. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, nothing is... um. Exaggerated. No, no. It is, it is completely... It different. is a hard look into, like, the really hard part of America that we don't... We try not to think about or look or see. Yeah. It's the result of, you know, uh, advanced capitalism, colonialism, just general bloody racism and, yeah. you know... Oh, just... Yeah. It's... it's um. It's everything that's wrong with America. It's a good hard look in the mirror, I yeah. think. Yeah. It's beautifully written. I I love that it's do you know what it is? It's a it's an actually a real coming of age story. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So this young boy, he has a really good friend, Kevin. They're kind of tight. So we kind of meet the young boy when he stumbles into the life of one. One. 
who is played by Mahashala Mahasha Ali. Ali. You really know no one's names, do you? <laughs> I'm looking at you like, give me the names, Emma, give me the names. I'm so bad at it's names. Fine. It's, it's okay. honestly, it's terrible. It's all right. I'm here to pick you up where you fall down. Um, <laughs> so one, one, unfortunately, turns out to be the drug dealer who was supplying drugs to his, his mother. Yeah. But one completely takes him under his wing. Yeah. Uh, one and his lady friend. Um, lady friend. He's played by girlfriend. Janelle Monae. Woo! Yeah. So attractive and so beautiful. Yeah. She's so stunning. Yeah. And such a beautiful character. Yeah. Um, take this child on their wing. He teaches him to swim and, you know, feeds him and... That, it's nice for 20 minutes. Mahershala Ali is in this film for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then that's it. But it's difficult because he plays this character that he knows is bad. Yes. And there's that scene where the boy goes... Oh my, this most, it's the most heartbreaking scene it's in the film, the honestly. Scene. Yeah. Where this tiny young boy goes, what's a faggot? Yeah. And he kind of has to gently, tenderly explain. He it's it it's really a really well. terrible thing yeah. that you could, am I a faggot? And then he's like, no, well, you might be gay. I don't know. It's probably very soon. Maybe you will be, maybe you won't be, but like you won't be. Yeah. This horrible thing that people are. And then, and then they move immediately from that. He goes, you sell drugs, don't you? And he's like, yes. And he goes. You sell them to my mum, and my mum takes drugs, doesn't she? And he's like, yeah. And then, and then the boy just yeah. leaves. Yeah. And then one, one just like kind of years. breaks down in tears. Yeah. And that's the last we see of him yeah. in the film. It's, oh. it's insane. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And awful. And it's, then we kind of, and then, and then, it's, so the film's kind of in three parts. And that's the end of the first part, which is following this boy yeah uh immediately we move on and we're kind of in the late teens yeah i'm probably like 16 17 i hated this part of the movie it's like classic they're stuck in a school that they just have to go to every day he is bullied he is but this is this is the most important part of the film because it's because you're seeing this boy who is trapped in this terrible terrible social system yeah and has maybe found a way out through bizarre means yes but we find out that one has died, and um, so that's a pressure on him. Yeah. The bullies have not gone away. No, in fact, they've got worse. His mum has has his mum has spiraled. Oh, the performance change! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Naomi Harris Naomi played Harris. his mum, Paula. She actually shot her role in three days. It's insane. She plays three very different ages. In three in days. In several films in three days. Yeah. Crazy. It's insane. They filmed the whole thing in like 25 days. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. With one bathroom. Everyone oh. shared one trailer, one, one bathroom. Oh. I love that. Imagine being a, yeah. imagine being like a key grip and walking in and seeing yeah. Marsha Lee on the, on the toilet. Well, you wouldn't because there's only one toilet. I think I, I read that oh, as like there being like a portaloo. <laughs> you wouldn't even walk in to see him there. You have no. to wait in You'd line. have to knock on the door and wait for him to walk out. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, just imagine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, teenager, teenager, <sighs> awful. So we move com- from this kind of terrible social system to this actual system system. Like the first time he's systemized into this school. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, we see this awful scene where he just gets abs, the shit absolutely kicked out of him. And yeah. they're like, you know, tell us you did it. Tell us you did it. Why won't you tell us? And you know, cause it's a complex situation and he doesn't kind of play by the rules and retaliates in a way it's really cool. That is He storms into the school and yeah. you turned to me and you said you said those words, you were like, It's like that moment where you've just been so beaten down that you're like, nah, fuck it. I'm yeah. I'm taking I'm wearing it. He was yeah. wearing it. Yeah. He storms in. 
I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Walks straight into the classroom, picks up a chair and hits it over the guy's Absolutely head. Absolutely smashes this guy from behind. And I loved this chair. every moment of it. I thought it was so great. cathartic. But that is the moment that his whole life comes apart. Yeah. Because of this system. So he, the day before this, has had his first sexual experience with Kevin, Kevin on the, best the beach. Yeah. The best friend. Already, I guess they're both a little bit confused about this. They've been friends and now this has happened. You know, so it's kind of, I don't want to say regular teenage problems, mm. but almost regular, you know, finding finding your sexuality. Yeah. Um, but then, then this happens where they've said to Kevin, bash him. Yeah. Kevin's bashed him. The next day he's walked in, hit the guy over the head. Yeah. With the chair. He gets taken away in the cop car. Yeah. And that is the end of that act. Yeah. So this boy has no one. Finds Kevin. Yeah. Well, he's got Kevin. He's always had Kevin. Yeah. Weird friend. Weird Kevin friend. hasn't really been there for him. No. And suddenly he starts to have, you know, he has yeah. a wet dream about Kevin. Yeah. And then on the beach, they kind of have this moment where it's almost like he's like, oh my God, no, no, Kevin's here for me. Like I've yeah. got someone. And then that. No, he gets bashed by him. It's heartbreaking. He's got no one. He's got no one. His mum doesn't care. His mum literally is like, oh, there's this scene where he comes home yeah. and she's like, no, no, I've got I've got a man friend coming over tonight. You'll Don't have to find someone else. Find someone else to say tonight. Bye. And he's like, oh. So he goes to, you know. Yes, Janelle Monáe's house. Janelle Monáe's house. <laughs> I wish I'd go to Janelle Monáe's house. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. God, tragic. Third act is Chiron as an adult. He has basically morphed into one. Um, but he runs into Kevin. He goes to see him after Kevin leaves a, gives yeah. him a phone call. Yeah. He's gone full he's gone full one. He's, he's turned gone in, into the full, full drug dealer with the beautiful car. Yeah. Right the down grills. to the little crown board decal. On the on the car dashboard. On the dashboard. Yeah. yeah. Um it really is full circle. It does feel like we have yeah, we have come yeah. full circle there. He sees Kevin. Kevin has his life together. Um, and I didn't really know how the movie was going to end. I was yeah. like, I don't really know. So Kevin calls going. him. Kevin calls him. And Kevin calls like, him hey. out of nowhere. Yeah. And oh, so first we have catharsis with mum. Yeah. Mum's in rehab. Yeah. He goes to visit her and she just acknowledges that everything has happened. Yeah. She and that's says enough. Sorry, like, and then apologizes. Apo- apologizes. Apologizes. Yeah. yeah. But even just acknowledging how it's been yeah is is kind of validating yeah. his experience of it beautiful scene Naomi Harris gives a fantastic performance yeah. she was nominated for best supporting actor actress oh, I hate that we still say actor and actress I think we're almost at the time where the awards <sighs> it makes no sense gender neutral like oh. they won't, we won't even divide them surely yeah. sometime in the next it makes no sense just sorry I'm digressing it makes no sense yeah. that it's like the only you get one award because you're a boy and I get one award because I'm a girl when you've both got the same job yeah I mean, you know, within 10 years, I reckon. Okay. And maybe it'll be two people. And maybe... For each award. Not everyone will be white as well. (laughs) Well, maybe. Now with these regulations. New rules. Anyway. So Naomi Harris gives a fantastic performance. I feel like this film in general is all about the performances. Yeah. It it is a real real character study rather than it being completely story-driven. There is no real main plot apart from the fact that their lives are really difficult. Yeah, um, well, you know, there's certainly a, a through line, a, a plot. Well, yes. I think there's a plot. Okay, but yeah. not, but there's no... It's not the hero's... Oh, it, no, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, but there's no beginning, middle... Oh, there is a beginning, middle, end. God yeah, damn it, Barry. Damn it, Barry! Sorry, I've just McKeed your ass. Okay. There's a plot. Yeah, there's a plot. It's but not story-driven. It's not story-driven. It's not the focus. There we go. Thank there you. There you go, you got there. Thank you. 
Um, so Kevin has called him out after many, many years. Um, and he's he's still back in where they originated. I can't yes, remember Georgia. Georgia? No, that's where he moved to. Oh, uh... Somewhere by the sea. Somewhere by the sea! <laughs> that's going to be the name of my second film, Somewhere by the Sea. Oh, uh, Written and directed by Emma Carmus and Patrick Howard. Um, Is there a merman in it? <laughs> <laughs> so Chiron gets in his car. Oh, why are you going step by step? Chiron gets in his car and he turns it on. What? <laughs> You're Shut obsessed up. with people driving cars. Haven't you driven a car for the first time? Well, in I can drive now. <laughs> it's fantastic. He gets Chiron in the car. goes and sees Kevin. He goes to see Kevin, they... who works as a chef, oh. as a cook, in a diner. Yes, they have... Which is a profession weird... he took up when he was in jail. This yeah. is important, because Kevin has also okay. gone to jail. Yeah. And has... So Chiron got sent to juvie early for that terrible thing he did. And that sent his life off in one direction. Kevin has clearly kind of stayed in the system and played the system. Mm. And even the way that Sharon's like, what did you go to jail for? Um, Do we get an answer? Kevin is like, oh, you know, the things that we get sent away for. Yeah. You know, you know how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And he learns to become a cook in jail. Comes like, oh, he's got a baby. Yeah. And he's, um, he's been with a woman woman (laughs) and had a baby. Uh, and he comes back and he's like, no, I get my life back on track for Kevin Jr. Yeah. It's, it's, and that comes full circle then as well. Their lives both then come back together. The movie ends quite beautifully with their head, um, Sharon's head on Kevin's shoulder, just like how it was when they were back on the beach as kids. Yeah. I, I felt like, um, maybe Chiron's life, yes, was really messed up, but he had Kevin back in his life again. Yeah. And maybe that was going to help. I don't know, even, even, even if it's not like a romantic thing. No, he's just going to be... Just, he's going to have someone. He's going to have someone. One thing that frustrated me throughout the film is... Because we were we were teased with how nice Janelle Monet and Juan's house environment was. Hmm. I just kept thinking, why could he not just go... Why could she not push him to just go, you know what, after school, just come here. Yeah. I really wanted that for him. But not everything's perfect. Not everything can be like that. And I get also, it. there's this sad thing where that's what he aspired to, that kind yeah. of life. And he got it yeah. by doing what they did to get it. I know, I know. It's like the only way out. It's too real. This movie's too real. Yeah. I even said to Patrick, I was like, when our Uber Eats arrives, I can't eat and watch this movie because it's just too much to do all at once. It's too <laughs> stressful. I need to just watch it and... There needs to be moonlight time and fettuccine time. <laughs> too much i can't do italian sausage at the same time oh i can always do italian sausage <laughs> at the same there's time. always time for a cocktail Dead. <laughs> my favorite things about the film were the way that it was shot i think is probably one of my favorite things it was shot beautifully <clears throat> the handheld camera i really then felt like i was with them yeah I think, I think that's the point of that it felt very organic and natural yeah i really liked that um and the performances are beautiful yeah Cinematography was beautiful. I mean, the move, camera movement and angles and everything were beautiful. Yeah. The way it was coloured and the way the kind of light yeah. bled and that yes. stuff it was really stunning. Yes. Um, just the photography of black men at night, which is a very kind of strong thing in the film. And the fact that most of it actually, now that I think about it, would have been shot under natural light. Mostly, yeah. There wouldn't have been a lot of artificial lighting yeah. there. Yeah. It's really, really well done. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a movie I would watch again. Absolutely. I'm not. I'm not kind of gagging to go back for more. I'm not, yeah. it's not like, a, 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 it's not feel good in that way for me that I'm going to be like, yes, let's put it on. But I would definitely watch it again. Yeah, I'll come back to it in like a couple of years, I think. Do you think it deserved the best picture? Yeah. I do 
I do too. Absolutely. Yeah, I do too. And I think I think it was a very important moment for this film to have taken that award. I mean, you know, like yeah. apart from the position and all the yeah. firsts. Yeah. And it's just so shit that didn't get the moment yeah, on the stage. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, it, it got the it, it got the award, but but people were already standing and clapping for La La Land. Like it just didn't feel like it yeah. got. It got you're right. It didn't get the moment that it really yeah. deserved. But I'm really glad it got that Oscar. And suddenly, instead of all the attention being on the people who won, yeah. it was equally on the people who won and then didn't. Yeah. Oh, it's a shame. I know. But good film. Really, really good, good film. I'm disappointed in us that it took us this long. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Get onto it. It's on yeah, Netflix it's right now. Go on, quick before they take it down. <laughs> <laughs> your head rest of my hand relax i got you i promise i'm not gonna let you go hey man i got you there you go 10 seconds see that right there you're in the middle of the world man. that's good so two very different films this week yeah how funny they won yeah. a year apart from each other yeah um both very very different hmm I know why one of them won. Do you know why Shape of Water won? Yeah. Shape of Water, definitely I could see other films winning over that. Moonlight, I'm very glad it won. Who did Guillermo pay off? Oh, look. <laughs> no, it's almost like that. Who did he pay off to beat Get Out? I just think... I'm sorry. Who did he pay off to beat Get Out? Soz, I love <laughs> him so much. I love his no, work. No, I think he's fantastic. I love his work. Just not but that, how film, did... that film was, just wasn't it. Anyway... Yeah. I can't harp on about it anymore. So next week we'll be bringing you two new films. We'll be back on the bed. Uh, and the films that we're looking at next week are not necessarily Oscar-winning films. In fact, <laughs> they are definitely not. <laughs> they are from our childhoods. Um, one film that Emma and her family watched religiously as yeah. a child that I completely missed altogether. And one that me and my family and all of our family friends watched <laughs> oh yeah, no, everyone had a copy. We watched it, everyone said, it was like the thing. That's oh. why I'm so confused why you never saw it. Anyway, you'll find out next week, but I'm not going to be a happy gal. <laughs> you haven't even seen it yet. Calm not down. Happy, not happy, Jen. I am not excited about your film, but I'm watching it anyway. You have this real problem with the 80s and it needs to go. Oh, there's another little, oh. little, hint. little hint. That's where we're going. <laughs> we'll see you then. So tune in next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to follow us on social media. On uh, social media? <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media. Yeah, look up on the w- Facebook. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't know why we're doing Twitter, but Patrick made it. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram are Double Bed, Double Bill, and Twitter is Double Bill Pod. And if you'd like, send us an email. Let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. I'm still waiting for someone to email me and tell me what food to eat while I'm watching a movie. So. Okay, well... Email and give Emma some snack suggestions. Just email and let us know you're out there because we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Our email address is doublebeddoublebill at gmail.com or one word. Uh, that's it for us for this week. Thanks. Enjoy. Bye. Bye.